0: Welcome to It's My Pleasure. The podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories and practical mindfulness based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hey guys, okay, episode number three. Let's do this. I am super jazzed right now. I just got back from an amazing mastermind um, with my coach in Louisville, Kentucky, and I am just brimming with energy and excitement and um, certainty. I don't know if you guys have ever had this, but I just feel like when you give yourself an opportunity to really surround yourself by people that are doing the work, that they're you know, willing to go after what they want. They're trying to take it to the next level. It's just, you can't help but get filled up, right? Like that just rubs off on you in so many different ways. And the cool thing, also the challenging thing about being in a room full of 30 coaches, like we all have different niches and different types of people that we work with, right? But we are coaches. So we're trained to pick up and listen for things that a lot of people aren't. And really, what we're always listening for is that underlying stories of what is keeping a person from really going after what they want. And when you're trying to take your own stuff to the next level, a lot of times it's like, for me, it's hard. And for everybody, it's really hard to see clearly what's going on in your own brain. You know, it's easy, especially for coaches, to see what's going on in other brains. But for anybody, trained or not trained, it's it's difficult to see what's happening in your own brain. And you really get that reflected back to you <laughs> when you're in a room full of people that are trained to see that. And so they call you on your shit. And um, you really have to face these things like right up, you know, straight, like centered To be able to deal with them. And the other thing, not only just reflecting back to you the stories or the thoughts or the beliefs that are keeping you stuck from really taking things for yourself or for your life or for your business to the next level, is they see in you that brilliance. And we don't often give ourselves a chance to see how awesome we really are or what we have to offer or our value. And I think it's so important for every woman, especially like surround yourself by people that see how amazing you are all of the time and like listen to them and listen to them long enough that you begin to believe it because it's not, it's not this like, being full of yourself or this conceited thing, but oftentimes what holds us back from being able to put out into the world that thing we really really want to or helping that person or connecting with these people or starting, you know, a movement in your community or politically on a grander scheme, it takes like knowing that what you have to offer is valuable and believing it so that you can get out of your own damn way and do it. And when you surround yourself by people that can see that part in you, you begin to step by step believing it about yourself. So anyway, had some amazing transformations, amazing ahas, amazing like downloads over the last five days. And it just makes me even more excited about this podcast because there were so many awesome conversations about sex and so much more that I was just intrigued in these conversations that like just catapulted a whole like 30 episodes that I have got um, brimming around. I was like writing furiously on the, um, on the airplane heading back about, all the stuff I can't wait to talk to you guys about. So anyway, here we are. We're only episode three and I'm already like on episode 33 in my head. But what we're going to dive in today is about stress. And I know that sounds kind of boring. Like we all hear about stress all the freaking time. Like it's everywhere, right? Like stress is just like this unwelcome thing and you don't want it and you want to de-stress. But I hope that during this conversation, you're really going to understand exactly where stress comes from and how it's going to keep you from your pleasure potential. It's just not something you can get rid of. And if we don't have this conversation about how stress affects sex, you're not gonna be able to have a mind-blowing sex life. And I really want you guys to have a mind-blowing sex life. So let's get started. So my intention just to talk about stress is because I know that you guys want more pleasure in your life. You wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't, or at least were a little bit more intrigued that pleasure could be happening in your life. And I just want to show you how you can manage stress in a different way. And also, how, like, the science behind how stress is keeping you from making pleasure even possible. Because when we don't allow ourselves, like our minds and our bodies and our brains to be victim to stress and the constant triggers to everyday life, that is when our potential begins to open up. When we can like just see that we don't have to be a victim to this physiological response. So stress ors, And I'm saying ORS, I know that's not how you say it, but so that you can see how it's spelled, like stress with an O-R-S afterwards. These are what cause stress, right? These are like the triggers. And stress is the physiological and psychological reaction to the stressor in your body. Now there are stressors that are caused by things completely unrelated to sex. And then there's also stressors that are caused by sex itself, like performance anxiety, not being lubricated enough, if your mind is going into fantasy and you don't want it, whatever it is. So these are actual triggers that can be caused during sex by sex. And that's... I, today, I'm really just talking sp- like in a general view of stressors in your life, because the first step to understanding your sexual experience and how to make it better is to see how stress develops. Like where is this little seed of stress planted and how it can quickly take over your body and how it can prevent that like mm, delicious sex from happening, right? Okay, so remember in the first episode, I mentioned like going to a party and how many variables that lead up to getting to that party and your desire to partake in sexual activity and then actually enjoying the party. So you show up and then how to have a fun time. Both are leading up to and enjoying this party are greatly influenced by your stress levels. This is all a metaphor for your sex life. And in today's modern world, we are constantly being... Being triggered. Like think about it with urgent emails, notifications on your phone. Like I really need to take a look at the notifications. I get the beep and I'm like, oh my God, what is it? And it's like rain will begin in five minutes. Okay. I don't need to fucking think about the rain beginning <laughs> in five minutes. I could probably just look out the window and oh, it's raining, right? Like we have these things that are triggering our mind to be like squirrel, squirrel and taking our attention away. And every single one of those like very urgent sort of things create stress, not to mention stress you're facing at work or with your family or traffic. It just goes on and on. And this constant state of low impact chronic stressors creates a reactive brain state. So you can think of like the brain being in two sorts of states. And this is a variety of explanations for like the type of nervous system you're in, right? But a reactive brain state is more critical. You're more judgmental. You usually have a lot more shame and guilt that that enter in. You might feel depleted, tired. You'll have more cravings. Um, You might feel easy, like needy, like people need to fill your needs versus feeling empowered to fill them yourself. You can be really easily irritated, super disappointed. Like it's just thinking that all of this stuff over time is just going to catapult your entire brain into this reactive state. And I'm sure, like, none of you experience this, right? Like, you've never had any guilt or, like, disappointment or cravings. You're right. So this basically explains most people nowadays. And even if it's not every day or every moment of the day or um, anything like that, it's most of us, a lot. Of the time. And for some of us, we've been able to begin to see all of the things that are triggering us into stress, myself included. And I just really don't feel it as much as I used to. I don't get as triggered easily because of some of the things I'll be explaining to you throughout this podcast. But know that despite the fact that the modern world is triggering in so many ways, you don't have to be as triggered. Right, you don't actually have to be stressed a lot, and even if you do get triggered and do get stressed over time, your brain will develop a resiliency for you to bounce back. I like to call this like stress resiliency. So, there might still be a stressful circumstance or situation that comes up, but with practice, you can pop back more into that responsive brain state and not just simmer and hang out in your reactive brain state all of the time. Okay. So when you're stressed in general, and I mentioned this previously, you're going to be triggered even more easily. And not only are you triggered more easily, but your body begins to interpret any kind of stimulation, whether it's visual or auditory or actual like physical touch or something like that as threats. So if you've been working really hard on creating your business or putting yourself out there in a big way, you're likely going to be feeling maybe some stress with that. Or if you have been just in your mind and immersed in the political world or the news, and you're just feeling like emotionally charged, that's going to show up as stress. And when you're like really curious about how to show up like as a boss in your life in every way, and then you're coming home and you're dealing if you have children or pets or your dog or just a shitty neighbor, right? And then your partner comes up to you and innocently just kisses you on the neck or squeezes your butt or, you know, tickles you. All I gotta say is guard the loins, right? Your partner has now literally become that infamous like lion or tiger chasing you in the jungle of your primitive brain. Your body is going to interpret this as a threat or as disgust and/or. Anything that turns up like that cold water faucet that we are talking about, right? So your brain is primed for reactivity. And in this case, reactivity is going to be the obstacle between you and your pleasure. So this triggering, again, this reactivity is going to keep you from being able to pursue pleasure, but then also being able to experience it. And when you begin to see how all of the things built up over the day, over the week, over the months, it makes sense that you would get wound up and then not want that hot, sexy time, not even really be thinking about it because our brain can only handle so much. Now, let me be clear. This is not something you're choosing to do. This is something that your brain has evolved to do to keep you safe, to keep you focused on what it thinks is important. And a stressful event known as a stressor, like I said before, right? What happens? Like, let's break it down really quick. So what happens when a stressful event occurs? Again, like I, the, the reason for me bringing in this science, number one, because I love it and I could talk about neuroscience all day. So there's that selfishly. But the other reason I want to talk about this stuff to you guys is because when you can see exactly like the play-by-play of what's happening, you can start changing the plays, You can see the field more clearly and you can see why it is you're not able to make a goal, right? So it's really important for you to understand the science and not only just understanding it so you can see where things are getting turned off and getting wrong and not getting you down the field, but is so that you can like, just give yourself a little bit of grace. Like, again, this is not a youth thing. This is a human thing. This is a brain thing. Nothing has gone wrong. You're totally normal. This is how your brain works. But we can also work with your brain. That's the beauty of neuroplasticity, is that your brain is highly adaptable. Adaptable? Is that how you say that word? I'm not really sure. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so stressful event back to that. So the stressful event or the stressor that's going to cause your amygdala in your brain to sound off the alarms and the amygdala it's just this cute little like almond shaped part of your brain and it's like buried deep down in the middle and when it sounds off, when it's been triggered, all of the alarms go off and like all hell breaks loose, right? So it activates the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. Yes, there's going to be a test on that. I'll just call it the HPAA from now on and the sympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic nervous system is that nervous system you guys have probably all heard a ton about. It's the fight or flight system that we are familiar about and has been talked a lot about recently. So you're probably not, you know, surprised by that but this is basically which causes like this whole cascade of events and biochemical changes in the brain and nervous system that creates a variety of results. So cortisol, um, you know, the stress hormone and adrenaline rush into your bloodstream, and that causes even more stress hormones to be released. Your digestion sidelines, so it makes it harder to, you know, digest things properly and your blood flow to your reproductive organs decreases. Let me mention that again. Less blood flow to your pussy, ladies, which means a strong possibility of decreased enjoyment of sex, even if you talk yourself into having sex. Your blood just really isn't flowing there, and when your blood isn't flowing there, it's really hard to feel a lot of sensation, and it's hard to get those juices flowing, if you know what I mean. But there are a number of other things that can happen as well. When your amygdala is fired, the activation of your prefrontal cortex decreases. So you can think of like this alarm bell as having like this direct line or this de- direct connection to your prefrontal cortex. I'll just say your PFC, right? And that's that part of your brain right behind your forehead that makes you human. This is like our most evolved part of our brain. You can think of it as it like your executive control center where you can see things more clearly where you can make rational decisions and with lex access to this like wise part of your brain you become very privy to like the immediate gratification part of your brain like the quick pleasure like food or alcohol or grabbing your phone and scrolling through social media or just like totally vegging out. So your goals and your priorities will get totally pushed away. So let's say if after listening to the last episode, you decide that your priority is to tend to your pleasurable needs, to take care of yourself and to connect with your partner on this deep, intimate, mind blowing sexual level well that intention to connect is going to immediately go out the window because you're not able to even really think about your long-term goals when you're in this reactive brain state because your amygdala has then, you know, created this whole cascade of events in your brain, created this reactive brain state and you don't you're not able to access that rational executive control prefrontal cortex part okay are you guys with me so far? I wish I could like just talk with you. I wish we were all in a room together, but I'm going to picture you guys all in this room with me that you're nodding your heads. Yes, we're all together so far. Okay, so on top of not being able to access this rational part of your brain, you're also going to start seeing things through the infamous red, right? When you say people see red, this is what I'm talking about, where you kind of like, Uh, raging, or just like more of a negative light. So everything begins to be seen through this more negative lens. And very well-intentioned things can become bad. And not even just well-intentioned things, just like normal things can become bad. And things that are maybe a little uncomfortable become exaggerated and it becomes super uncomfortable. So let's say your partner comes home and is like, hey, how was your day? And you're in this super reactive brain state. Your mind could immediately just be like, fine. And underneath, you're like, how was your fucking day? I've been here and I've been taking care of all of this stuff. And I'm, you know, taking care of the emotional weight of the whole goddamn house. Right? Like your brain could just totally go there. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. And you... All that was actually said was "How was your day?" But we have flipped it around and we've turned it into this whole story in our mind because we're in this reactive brain state. You could even take something like a compliment, like "Hey, baby, look nice," and you're like thinking in your head, "Hmm, I don't think he really means that. What do you mean I look nice? I don't. I actually look like shit. Did I not look nice before?" Is it just because I put makeup on, but when I don't have it on, I look like shit. Like your, your brain can (laughs) spin out of control very quickly when you're in this stressed out reactive brain state. And all of this stuff, the compliments, the well to do intentions, the very neutral statements can quickly turn into a story. And then that story is going to be the barrier between you and getting your pleasure. So if we break this down even further into the sympathetic nervous system, think about like if you're worrying about your kids or you're having anxiety over work or just terror surrounding, you know, like the government going after your your reproductive rights or something like that, right? This is interpreted as your body is like run, like get out of here escape. This is like the flight part of that fight flight part of your sympathetic nervous system. Right. And then there's also the thing, and this is more what I personally deal with. I don't have as much of that feeling of just like flee and run away, but like irritation with traffic or annoyance with somebody or my partner or frustration with like illness at home or frustration if your girls have really long, luscious hair and they get lice, just for, you know, a random example, right? So that <laughs> that is going to be fight. That is going to be like anger, like, I'm ready, come and get me. And even like stress for deadlines, it's like, raw. I got this, right? So there's these two different parts and you can kind of begin to feel them in your body. They actually feel very different. This like... I got to run away. This is scary. And also like, oh, you're coming after me like dukes up like you want to fight it. And there's also now a lot more research being done around the other extreme. And this is actually dealing with our parasympathetic nervous system. So it's like we've got these are two branches of the autonomic nervous system. And you can't see I'm like doing all these hand gestures. But on one side, you have the parasympathetic, which is like your rest and digest. And then on the other side is your fight, flight and freeze. But if you go into like the other extreme, so most stress is related to the fight, flight or freeze. But then now there's being so much more research done into this other branch. And this is like the shutdown. So when you see like an animal out in the wild who can't fight their predator and they can't run away, they go into an extreme part of the parasympathetic nervous system, which like shuts down. And this is the freeze. This is the playing dead part. And we are beginning to see how that's coming up in our lives where we don't feel like we can fight our situation, when we don't feel like we can flee, and we just start shutting down. And this is also obviously going to affect how you're going after your pleasure because if you're stress accumulating your body and your body's beginning to shut down and you're just thinking to yourself, I just can't deal with this over time. This is more of that depression and those depressive um, symptoms. It also can be more of like a trauma situation where something happened to you younger and there's parts of your body that begin to shut down because of suppressed trauma, which we will talk about at some point. Anyway, All of these factors, these stressors that cause stress do not obviously, I hope it's very obvious at this point, create conditions for desire to actually want it. And they also don't create the best conditions to be able to open up, to relax, and to actually enjoy it. Now, I want to mention a small caveat here. So for very few of us, stress can actually not to confuse the situation, but if, if you're thinking this, or if this is you, I just wanted to make a note that stress can actually stimulate some people wanting more sex. It, they think about it as a release. And this is something that you crave to help handle, deal with the stress. So there's about 10 to 20% of women out there that when they are under super high stress, they want it more. But for most of these women, stress will kind of lock you up and you know, for most of us, not these women, but most women, stress will more lock you up in the idea is so far from your head. Again, it's a small amount of people that might want it more, but even if they want it more, it becomes more of something to deal with stress and not actually like a de-stressor or um, a release, it becomes like this heightened, like I need it. Like if you are wanting a glass of wine when you're really stressed, it's like this coping mechanism to deal with the stress that you're feeling in your body. So there's also this notion out there that stress can become a stress relief. And I want to say this is true, but the conditions to get there and to open up to pleasure during sex usually is because you've already begun to de-stress you've already begun to get yourself out of that stress cycle and your mind has opened to the idea of desire and then you've allowed yourself to become aroused in the first place so it's not like the first thing that you know this is like a cognitive thing and you have been able to kind of relax so that you could open to the idea of stress or excuse me the idea of sex because the fact of the matter is is like if you're really stressed out Sex isn't that fun. It's not like super enjoyable or pleasurable because we can't oftentimes disconnect from what's going on in our mind and stress out, like stressed out sex becomes more of an agenda. Like you're so driven by getting that release for a lot of us, it's like getting that orgasm, right? That you get like focused and heightened in and I have to get that, that you're not along for the ride. You're not along for like the whole pleasurable ride. You're just like, I know how to get a quick release and it go, your body will respond and you go about it that way. And that's just a very different experience. And we'll talk about, you know, this throughout the Podcast, but that your body can respond to stimulation even if you're stressed out. But that doesn't mean that it's delicious, it doesn't mean that you're loving it because you're more just getting a quick release versus being along for the entire sensual, pleasurable ride of what is happening in your body. So, this is basically what happens, right? Your brain <laughs> and body on stress is not. Super fun. Do you guys remember that commercial back in like the early 90s? I think it was the early 90s where it was like, this is your brain on drugs. And they like threw an egg in a frying pan and it was sizzling. Well, this is basically a good metaphor for your pleasure system on stress. And it's like, ah, broken egg and then sizzle, sizzle. But it's not like a good sizzle. Okay, it's like like the fried egg burnt kind of sizzle. So you get the point So all of this is stress kind of gets in the way of being in a lot of pleasure and having delicious sex. So super easy, right? Just stop being stressed out. No big deal. Just knock it off. You can just not get irritated by all of the questions you've been hounded with every day or all the things that are on your plate. But like... (laughs) This is the thing is what we hear is like we should be able to just get out of it. Like, just go take care of yourself, take a bubble bath, throw on like one of those face masks and just chill already. Like, self care, right? Yay! Hashtag. But it's not really that easy, is it? And that is why I love to bring again the science into it because we can sit back and we can start to see all of the ways that it's really entering our life and how it's affecting us and obviously how it's affecting our pleasure. And where a lot of our minds will tend to go is we start feeling shameful, like there's something wrong with us or that we're broken, or there might be something wrong with our relationship, right? And there's nothing wrong with you. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you. You are not broken. It's very likely your relationship is not broken. And you are probably just stressed like most of us are. And the brain and body is doing what it's wired to do. It's wired to keep you safe. It's wired to prioritize survival. It's wired to keep you breathing, to keep you alive and protected and nourished in a very survivalist sort of way. And so when this is happening, when you're in this brain state, a sexy rendezvous is not a top priority in your brain's opinion like, yay, I'm being chased by all these tigers all day. Please do me well, honey. Like that's just not how it works. So yeah, like stressed out brain and nervous system is not exactly the best climate for pleasure to happen. So what's the solution? Well, we need to get unstressed. And I want to talk about exactly how we're going to be able to do this so that you guys can get, have mind blowing sex and work on your pleasure potential. That's the whole point of this, right? So before we dive into exactly how to help manage stress and creating this better climate for pleasure, I want to make mention here that not all you guys are going <laughs> to Not all stress is negatively affects you. Like I know I just went on about how stress is so horrible, but understand like a small amount of stress is okay. We're really talking about just getting that like right amount of balance between our nervous system, but a small amount of stress is kind of good because that's your get up and go. That's like, you're like feeling motivated and excited for what you're creating. But for most of us outside of the scientific community, when we talk about stress, we're not talking about motivation. Motivation technically is a very small amount of stress in your brain to get that like get up and get going kind of attitude. And I'm not talking about that. That's great. If you're motivated and excited about your life and you're feeling that, that's not really what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the kind of stress that you're just like uh like pull your hair out like raging overwhelmed tired exhausted irritable lots of guilt going on that is the kind of stress but I just wanted to clarify just in case there's anybody from the scientific community that's like well actually Danielle that's not true because stress can be really good for the body and da 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 just for any naysayers out there (laughs) that are thinking that I wanted to make sure I inserted that claim Okay, so moving on, the main approach then with handling or dealing with stress, I like to think of it as like a 3 tongued approach here. So number one, it's getting out of the stress cycle. That's that physiological response in your body we talked about at the top of this podcast. And then we want to remove stressors in your life. That's number two. And then number three is reduce yourself from being triggered and helping to increase that stress resilience. So number one, how do we get out of the stress cycle? So if the stress cycle has been there and you can feel it in your body, it's important to get it out. And there's a number of ways you can do that. I'm not going to go and spend a ton of time about this. Like just Google it, right? Like there's tons of ways that you can get the stress cycle to release. This is why exercise is so important, moving your body. When I'm really angry, I like to do that old thing of just like punching a pillow right and just like getting those like out of my body just releasing like that anger and that stress deep breaths breathing deeply down into like that deep part of your body, not up by your diaphragm. That will help with the vagus nerve, which will then stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system. Like you can do deep breathing. There's tons of breathing meditations and deep breathing exercises all over the internet. Mindfulness and meditation in general. We're going to have a lot of discussions about the benefits of mindfulness and meditation when it comes to sex and pleasure on this podcast, but even just to de-stress. I mean, I could go on and on about what's happening in the brain that actually helps reduce the stress, but those are some of like the biggies. Move your body, mindfulness, meditation, breathe deeply. Um, Notice I didn't mention wine in here. Yeah. So these are the big things that are going to help you just get that stress cycle, get out of that. Um, Step number two is to start removing stressors. Now, most of my philosophy with coaching and with um, the speaking and the teaching that I do is that your mind, if you approach your life with like a mindset, you don't actually need to take a bunch of things out. You don't need to change things not to feel stressed, right? It's more focusing on how your mind and your mindset relates to things in your life and not letting yourself be so easily irritated, That being said, I also think that there are some things that you can just take out as you're working on your mindset. Like, let's say social media is triggering you and you're getting FOMO or you're getting compare and despair or whatever it is. And it's just stressing you out by following someone. Guess what? Stop following them. Put social media down. Or if the news is triggering the shit out of you, don't watch it. And I'm not saying don't be informed, but be really aware of the like how much stress these kind of external things are creating in your life and thinking about your priorities. Are they helping you get to where you want to go? And if they're not, you don't have to spend so much time in them. You can put the phone down. You can put turn the news off. You can listen to music instead of NPR on your drive home from work. So these are just some small switches that you can think about. And I'm going to talk a lot more about like saying no to things that are really out of alignment with what you're trying to go after, like thinking about even stressing about a party you're planning for your kid. And do you really need to make it look like Pinterest? Probably not. Right. So these are like the unnecessary stressors that I'm saying, just like reduce that shit. You just don't need that much stuff in your life. Like we're already at the simmer, our brains are already bombarded. If there are some things that you can take off of your plate, if there are some things like in your external world that is stimulating your brain that you're noticing is causing you so much stress. We're going to work on a lot of mindset stuff here, but in the meantime, just take a break. Say no. Say, I don't really need that right now. When you start to get into this place where you're able to control your thoughts more, so you're not as easily triggered, for sure. But for a lot of us, we're not there yet. So just do like pick what you're bringing into your sphere of, what is the word I'm looking for? Like your sphere of just whatever's out in your world, like <laughs> your vision, and not let all of these things that are triggering the hell out of you be there all of the time. Okay. And then step number three, this is kind of what I've been alluding to, is reduce your triggers and your effects. So y- this may be a news alert for some of you, but I'm sure some of you have heard this before. Your thoughts. Are created in your mind. So, this is your mind's job, right? Your mind's job is to create thoughts. Just like your heart's job is to pump blood through your body. Your lungs and your diaphragm's job is to breathe your body. Your mind's job is to create thoughts. And it creates a lot of them, like 60 to 120,000 thoughts a day, depending on like your stress levels and your anxiety. It can be towards that upper end, right? So, Your mind is producing thoughts, and we can manage these. These are not facts, okay? Notice I didn't say your mind produced facts. Your mind produces thoughts with what it's seeing in the world, and you can begin to become aware of the kind of thoughts that you're thinking that is causing you to be stressed out. So for instance, you could let yourself steam and ruminate about like an unpleasant interaction you had earlier, or you can notice your mind blaming that person and thinking they're an idiot. And you can just notice that that's really stressing you out. It's causing you from not being present with the dinner you're having with people you actually love, right? And you could indulge in that thinking, or you can become aware of how much stress those thoughts about what had happened three hours before or a week before is causing in your mind. And you can wrangle your back, mo- your mind back in to something in the moment or something that's not causing the spin out. So this warrants a very in-depth conversation. We're going to be talking about this sort of thing at length, especially directly how it applies to pleasure. But I just wanted to plant the seed here about how your mind is producing thoughts. And these thoughts are not truths, as in in truths, I mean, they're not facts, (laughs) And that you're, they're just your brain's interpretation of what's going on within you and what's going on within the world around you. And they're going to make you feel a certain way. And perhaps that feeling is stress or unpleasant emotions. And with practice, you can begin to see which ones you're engaging with that are causing you to feel like shit. And you can begin to revert your attention accordingly. So. That is step number one. Through step three of how we actually deal with our stress. So what your brain is going to do is to decide what is the most important thing. It's going to prioritize for the sake of your survival. So these are basic things like eating, staying socially safe, tending to your young. And as mentioned before, in today's modern world, we are constantly being triggered. And if we were being chased, whether it is from you know the influx of media or email or traffic or children or politics Our brain interprets all of this as a threat, and therefore sex literally becomes a very low priority. It automatically becomes a low priority, but then the way that we view sex and you view your pleasure will exaggerate this normal response to be very justified. You feel very justified in your decision to say no or it's not important. Actually, I don't want it because after all, why would sex be that important to you if you have all this other stuff that seems like a have to, that seems necessary, or if you're in that indulgent part of your brain that's just really concerned about keeping you comfortable and that immediate gratification? So, when you think about survival and how your brain interprets most things like being chased by a tiger, then it makes sense why this is so low on the to-do list, if it even makes it on the to-do list. And then how this is amplified is by your own views of sex and other things going on. So, to sum it all up, stress will physiologically and psychologically affect your ability to go after pleasure and to access pleasure in a huge way. I hope that you can understand by all the things that I just described what a huge factor stress plays and whether or not you can experience pleasure or you even prioritize pleasure. So from interpreting most things as threatening to not creating an ideal internal environment in the brain and body or just prioritizing it as necessary is all going to keep you from connecting with yourself and connecting with your partner in a pleasurable, mind-blowing, sexual way. And so we can begin to manage getting out of the stress cycle with some of the things that I mentioned. You can begin to remove unnecessary shit from your life. And there's so much more to come on this. And then also just diving deep into how your thoughts are creating stress. This is just the beginning, my loves, like, but I hope that you are starting to see that from becoming more aware of the science behind pleasure and what's keeping for pleasure, you can see that you're normal. Nothing has gone wrong. Absolutely nothing has gone wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. This is so normal. And also there's so much to work with and mind blowing sex is possible for you. You've got all the working parts. We just need to tweak it in a little bit of a way. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode about sex and pleasure. This has been my absolute pleasure, and I hope it will help you find yours too.